Chris is out today, and he asked me to speak, and uh, I generally try not to say no, but I would encourage anybody out there to put your name in the hat for uh, speaking. Um, I know it's not my uh, strongest um, suit, and so I definitely enjoy hearing other people and uh, your perspectives, and um, encourage you to put your name in the hat. Just let him know. Hey, Chris, I'd be willing to do that if you need me to, and it'll be good for you. <clears throat> I was out hiking one day on a well-worn logging road, a hike I had been on dozens and dozens of times. It was a routine for me to leave work and go over and walk on this particular trail. It's out in the Johns Mountain uh, Wildlife Management Area. It's almost impossible to get lost if you stay on the road. And I suppose it was the frequency with which I had visited the trail, along with the obvious nature of the clearly marked trail, combined with a sense of boredom at having hiked the trail so many times, that gave me an increased sense of confidence that almost superseded my abilities. You see, there was a ridge, and I wanted to hike to the summit. But the trail didn't go that way. And I wanted to go that way. So I left the trail. Now there's probably a whole other sermon in that right there all alone, but, but not today. Um, as I hiked off the trail and toward the ridge, I would turn occasionally and look back and make little reminders in my head like, there's a two-in-one tree, which to me is like a big trunk with two trunks that come up out of it, you know, or walk a little further, there's the garden of rocks. Walk a little further, turn around, there's the blooming laurel. Thinking that I would simply reverse the order and just head back down the exact way I came. And I must admit, I was rather pleased with my cleverness at having discovered nature's road signs and putting them to such good use. Well, I reached the ridge top. It was beautiful. Sat down, meditated, prayed, fell asleep. <laughs> and then I turned to head back down. And I felt really good through the first couple of three reminders. But then a little crease in my brow involuntarily appeared as I looked for what I thought should be my next reminder. And I couldn't remember. Was it the two-knotted dead log? Or was it the balding boulder? And, of course, as I looked, I didn't see either one of them. <laughs> the crease in my brow began to be accompanied by a slight increase in my heart rate. Perhaps I had not gone far enough to see nature's road sign, and so I plodded onward. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're not sure where you are or how you're supposed to get back to where you need to be. But it was beginning to be unsettling at best and building towards something much worse. My mind raced with thoughts like, where did I go wrong? <laughs> How could this plan have failed? What was I thinking? Do I have enough stuff to spend the night out here if I have to? <laughs> I should definitely be getting close by now. <clears throat> And suddenly, out of seemingly nowhere, I stepped out onto the trail. 
probably 25 yards from where I went in. And sure enough, there was the two-in-one tree with a burl on the side, boasting a curl of a smile that cut right into my pride. Hey, I didn't miss it by much, okay? But my way back did not provide me with a clear way back. My cleverness, or lack thereof, and my pride, of which I seem to have plenty of, left me anxious, doubtful, fearful, ashamed, embarrassed, and lonely. And if I'm honest, I must admit, I have felt this way trying to walk the Christian path as well. Have you ever felt lost? You just don't know which way is up or down, feeling like whichever direction you go is likely the wrong way, or maybe you don't feel completely lost. Maybe you've left the path, and you just don't see a clear way back, and you're bum-fuzzled or nervous, maybe even frightened. Well, there used to be a saying, there's an app for that, but that's so 2009. And the equivalent for us today, which I think is much more relevant and a lot less catchy, there's a verse for that. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And again, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. And lastly, in Luke 19, verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. One phrase seemed to sum all of these up. God has made a way. When I first thought about this, and I'm going to go off script, Tom, so you can help me back if I get lost, because I normally don't go off script. When I first thought about this message, I was thinking to myself, what, what occurred to me was God will make a way. And the more I thought about this message and the more I thought about where it was going, even though God will make a way came to me, because I sing that song, we sing that song, God will make a way, it just sort of came to me. I really started settling in more on God has already made the way. Now, he will help us through things we encounter here and there, but the way has already been made. And so this message has evolved a lot from where it initially started as I went through it. And that's why I encourage you, if you get a chance to speak or work up a message, to do it. Because a thought you might have can turn into something that, that is more meaningful to you later. So, God has made a way. He's made a way for you. God has made a way for those you love. And God has made a way for his kingdom to grow and be fulfilled according to his plan. First, God has made a way for you because you are part of God's plan. You would not be here if you were not part of God's plan. I found my way back to the trail on my own but we cannot walk God's path alone. In order to walk the path God has laid out for us, we first have to accept that Christ is our Savior. And once you do that, the Holy Spirit resides in you. And as a result, 
You are no longer alone. You can't walk God's path alone. We do not find God's path for us on our own. We need his guidance. In Psalm 32, verse 8, it says, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. And in John 8, verse 12, it says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. God is with us, and our Savior guides us through the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it on our own, except the only part of being on God's path that is up to us is our decision to choose God. Once we've chosen God, once we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then we are on the way that God has made for us And we will have the company, counsel, and advice of the creator of the universe to guide and direct us along his path for us. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And this is just a little reminder, something I do for myself as well, that choosing God means that we have made a deliberate decision to acknowledge the literal existence of a living God. We have accepted that a sacrifice was made on our behalf to cover our innate sinful nature. And then, having received the Holy Spirit, we seek God's path through prayer, praise, worship, and the use of that little three-letter word, the use of the gifts God has bestowed upon us. Saying we have chosen God, saying we have accepted Jesus, it's, it's easier to say and much harder to do. Secondly, God has made a way for those you love. We tend to worry about those we love. Will they make good decisions? Will they be safe? Will they be happy? Etc. so forth. One of the ways God sets them on his path is actually through you. Because when we go God's way, we blaze a path for those we love. The Book of Virtues is compiled by William Bennett, It has a poem in it called The Bridge Builder. As I was looking that up, sometimes I found it's attributed to William Allen Dromgoole, and sometimes it's attributed to Anonymous, and I didn't go any further as far as finding out which it is. So if you want to do that on your own, knock yourself out. But it's one of the two. Um, And it goes like this. An old man going a lone highway came at the evening cold and gray, to a chasm vast and deep and wide, through which was flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed in the twilight dim. That sullen stream had no fear for him. But he turned when safe on the other side and built a bridge to span the tide. Old man, said a fellow pilgrim near, you're wasting your strength with building here. 
Your journey will end with the ending day. You never again will pass this way. You've crossed the chasm vast and wide. Why build this bridge to span the tide? The builder lifted his old gray head. Good friend. I love that part. Pilgrim said, old man. And he addresses him with good friend. Good friend, in the path I have come, he said, there follows after me today a youth whose feet must pass this way. This chasm, which has been naught to me, to the fair-haired youth may a pitfall be. He, too, must cross in the twilight dim. Good friend, I'm building this bridge for him. As a follower of Christ, you are a bridge builder for those you love. And for many, you have never met and will never meet. Those we love might stray. They might decide to try and blaze a different path. I've strayed. I've tried to go off on my own before. But the well-worn path blazed by the communion of saints will always be there like a beacon to help guide them back to the fold. And God doesn't want or need us to waste our time and energy worrying about those we love when there is a kingdom to be won and a world to be saved. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't take care of our loved ones. That would be antithetical to the overall message of everyone being our brother, sister, and us loving everyone and taking care of everyone. But the passage directs us to love ourselves, love yourself, excuse me, love your neighbor as yourself. It does not say to work yourself up into a tizzy, worrying about every aspect of your loved ones. We still must sometimes act to take care of our loved ones, but remember, God has already made a way for them as well. And the time that you spend walking the path God has set before you is a constant reminder and example to your loved ones. You can't lift each leg of your loved ones and place their foot down where you think it should go every step of their life. What you can do is lead by example, pray for them, encourage them, support them, gently guide them, and ultimately trust that they will be led to the way God has made as he led you. And then refocus on what else God has set before you. Finally, God has made a way for his kingdom to grow. I was walking on the road in our subdivision a few years ago when the initial thought for this message came to me. I typed it in my phone and stuck it on Google Drive, and it's just been waiting there ever since until about two weeks ago. While walking on the road, I saw hundreds of cracks in the asphalt. And in the cracks, there were all kinds of things growing there, right in the middle of the road, surrounded by asphalt. There was grass, small flowers, weeds, 
even trees giving it a go, all growing in the cracks of the asphalt. Of course, we all know what happened. Leaves had decomposed in the cracks. Dirt had washed in from the sides of the road. Seeds had been carried in by the winds or washed in by the rains. And the rain and the sun caused the seeds to grow. But still, in the middle of the road, it just seemed unlikely and out of place. Yet there it was. Life had found a way. Maybe you're the dirt. Maybe I'm a dying worm on a sun-bathed, steamy road that slithers in the crack and decomposes. Maybe someone else here is a seed, and yet another, the sun or the water. But we are all part of the way God grows his kingdom here on earth. All of these factors come together to create life, and if any one of these were omitted, life would not be created. You are a part of God's kingdom. God has a path and a place for you. And if you walk that path, you will be lighting the way for your loved ones. You will be growing God's kingdom on earth. And quite frankly, you'll live a more blessed and joyful life during the relatively short time we have here on earth. I didn't say an easy life. Just a blessed life. Life gets out of whack sometimes. We're not in control of everything. Sometimes we trick ourselves into thinking we're in control of certain things, and then we discover we never really were in control. But there is one thing we can control, and that is our decision to accept and follow Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way God has already made for me for you, your loved ones, and for God's kingdom on earth. If you find yourself struggling to choose Jesus, or if you've chosen Jesus, but you still feel or recently started feeling lost or disoriented, you may feel like I did when I thought I had lost my way back down the ridge. Scared, confused, embarrassed, ashamed, lonely. And you may wonder, what should I do? I think you should pray. I think you should pray for guidance. I think you should study God's word and see if it helps point you back to the path. I think you should call Pastor Chris or speak with someone that you trust here in the church or a family member or a coworker or a friend. But whatever you do, don't do nothing. Because without Jesus, there is no way. There is no truth. There is no life. God has made the way. We just need to step out onto the well-worn path. Mm -hmm.